you, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. This is episode four of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. Now, today we have a very special player coach edition where we have Coach Reggie Olendike and player Jordan Burns. Now, Coach Olendike is one of my good friends. He's done so much for my career and my life. Um, he gave me my start as an assistant. We had some great times. I learned so much from Coach Olendike. And when I spent time with him, we ran into a young man named Jordan Burns, who is now a star player at Colgate University, who just entered his name into the NBA draft. And he's just a phenomenal young man. Super proud of him. I'm so glad these two guys were able to uh, to join this episode. We talk about the relationship where when Jordan was a young player, having to mature and, and grow through some some adversity. And so we talk about the ups and downs of that relationship and how it's built such a strong bond. Coach Olendike, Jordan Burns, let's get after it. What's up? Yeah, I got rid of it. What's up, Coach? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are y'all? You got the Burns household there? Got the Saint symbol going in the background? Yeah, yeah. Saint symbol. Everywhere. It's terrible. I saw a picture of your dad. Was it was your dad a part of a big Colgate um like a chat room? Yeah, the men's basketball like thing. They had like a whole like Zoom meeting, yeah. And I saw the, I, the, I knew it was him. The, the picture was kind of small and blurry, but I saw the Saints thing in the back. Yeah, yeah. Of <laughs> well, uh, the last video I saw of your dad, he was on like a fraternity thing, dressed up and spinning a cane. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a while ago, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he he still does it. So yeah, that was, yeah. I think that that one had to be a couple years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, he's not moving like that. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, um, I thought you know this would be good for for young athletes and and coaches alike to kind of listen to to y'all's story, y'all's relationship. You know some some positives and some negatives, the ups and the downs. Um, it was a journey, you know. But at the end of the day, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And so I, I think it'd be good to just to sit and talk and, and, and get to know you guys a little bit. I mean, I know you guys, but not everybody knows you guys. <laughs> yeah. so, so first, Reggie, just uh, I know you're retired now, but, but you had a heck of a career, huh? I mean, former city coach of the year and uh, you know, state coach of the year for TABC. I mean, that's some big-time stuff. Yeah, well, I can tell you that uh, when you do well, it's because the kids are coaching, not, not because of the X's and O's. So... I, I finished well, uh, had we, but we went through some tough years too, and then we, we had some really good years. But uh, that's what I figured out in the coaching world is you can do a lot of great things X and O's wise, but you better have some kids that can play for you too. So uh, all those awards I got, those were at the end, those were you know direct directly from the kids that we coached. We had great kids. I mean, we did at, at Marshall those those few years. So. Uh, I guess I got to thank those guys for that because that, that's why I, that's why I got them. If they wouldn't have done what they did, I would have never got those awards. So, absolutely. And Jordan, you, you had a you know a strong career at Marshall, you know to finish off, and and obviously the, the great things you did at Colgate. Um, so, congrats on your end as well. Um, but but tell me a little bit about growing up as a young kid. You know, developing a love for the game. Where, where does that come from? Yeah, uh, I mean, early on. Uh, I was a football player, you know, my dad, you know, loved football. That was something that I loved growing up. When I got to about like the seventh grade, I realized I wanted to 
to kind of play both. Um, I realized, you know, I wanted to be kind of like a dual sport athlete. Um, and in, in middle school, obviously, you know, everybody plays kind of football, basketball, track. Uh, and I think around that time when I was transitioning to high school, I used to come up to Marshall for open gyms and stuff. And I think I just got a, a real love for the, the game of basketball more than anything. Um, and I think as football went on, obviously at Marshall, we had a different coach, you know, the coaches switch and everything like that. And I think during that time was when I started to figure out, all right, I kind of want to just lean towards uh, towards basketball. And that's kind of where the, the love came was, I think, you know, having a good coach, obviously having you guys there to to be able to push me and, you know, have, being, being able to bring guys up to the gym to come play with us, obviously, you know, that, that built confidence in me um, to be able to, to play at the level that I was uh, able to play at throughout high school. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just a testament to you guys, bringing those guys in, you know, bringing the confidence to me uh, and making me feel like I could really, you know, take basketball a long way. And I think that's why, you know, I decided to, to continue to play basketball, man continue to work as hard as I could. Nice. And what about you, Coach Oldendike? Uh Just growing up, um, you know, was coaching a part of your background as far as your family goes? Or what got you into the business? No, I guess uh, probably my dad. Um, um, you know, my dad, they owned a restaurant. My parents did. I grew up in a small town in Iowa. They, they owned a restaurant there, and uh, they worked a lot of hours. But the one thing my dad always did is he played in – men's leagues he played in softball leagues basketball leagues flight football leagues like everything till he's in his mid-40s um and that's when I've kind of fell in love with sports so I would go to all the different stuff and then you kind of grew up and I was just around it so I remember I was about set, six seven years old I always said I was going to take over the restaurant from my dad and uh and then when I hit about eight nine years old I got so much into sports that I never really had another direction it was either I was going to play sports and then I was going to coach and teach and that was all I ever wanted to do so um, I was, I've been pretty lucky, you know, with, with the path that I took and I got put in with the right people and just kept kind of going. But my dad started the basis of it, I think, you know, for the, the passion I had for sports and uh, people think I was intense, but my, I, ha I don't hold a candle to how intense my dad was. Um, so, you know, that, that's probably what got it started. And then my mom always supported me through the whole process and they made sure that whatever they could do to help me, they did it. And that's kind of where my base came from. Nice. And, and so just to be clear for everybody, you're not from Texas. I'm not from Texas. I'm from a town of about 4,500 people in the northeast corner of Iowa, about 20 hours away. Yep, Cresco, Iowa. Cresco, Iowa. Cresco, and, Iowa. And, and talk to us a little bit about the, the style of basketball played up there. Um, well, it's different. Um, everything up there is a lot more skill-based, and it's a lot more um, – a little more along the lines of what you see on the movie Hoosiers or something, you know, everything's, you know, pass the ball, move the ball, ball movement, good shots, uh, team defense uh, kind of stuff. And it's more skill centered. I would say you have kids play um, everything because the seasons don't overlap in Texas. The seasons overlap or you play football, state championship for football's uh, Thanksgiving week and the week, a week start basketball. So everybody plays everything. Um, and so uh, it's just a lot more. When you grow up with those guys your whole life. That's who you play with. I'd say Texas is a little bit more. Um, they got a lot more athletes, and they tend to want to get up and down the floor a lot faster pace, and and uh, and use athleticism and and uh, pressure and and speed the game up a lot more. So it, it's just a different a different styles. Um, we kind of played a little bit of both um, at Marshall, and it it helped us. 
um, because uh, we weren't as always. We honestly, if you looked at us, and Jordan probably can agree with me, top to bottom, our our team, we weren't near as athletic as a lot of the teams that we were able to beat. Uh, but we were able to beat those teams by the end because we always played together, and so um, and and had a lot of ball movement, similar to I guess a little bit like the Spurs style, because uh, the Spurs don't really play um, typical NBA style either. They kind of mix some things up too. So. Um, I would say a little bit more like that, but very different background. Uh, kids are, they play all sports. It's, you know, completely different upbringing than here, but our, our schools aren't so big. I graduated with 180 kids, okay. not uh, 700 or 800, you know, so you kind of have what you have at the school and that's what you work with. Gotcha. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting background. And, and to be honest, I, as a coach, I've benefited from your background. You know, I was fortunate enough to work with you and, and to learn a lot as a young coach, and and as far as the fundamentals of teaching the game at a, at that level, and and skill based type stuff, and so I'm appreciative of it. And I was also fortunate enough to be able to coach a young Jordan Burns in, during that process. Um, you know, one thing I always uh, appreciated was you you two guys' relationship and and the passion that both of you had. And so I was fortunate enough to be a part of that for a couple of years. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about that relationship. You know, especially early on, uh, you know, first off, Jordan, what was your first impression of Coach Olandyke when you first met him? Uh, man, I honestly didn't know. I mean, I kind of figured Coach O was like a strict, kind of like mean guy, you know what I'm saying, just by how he was. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I didn't I didn't really know what to expect too much, um, obviously, because he was the new coach coming in. So I really didn't know what to expect. I was kind of glad that, you know, I think it's Coach Morris, right, that was there. I was kind of glad that, that, you know, he was moving out as I was coming in because obviously, you know what I'm saying, he's, he played an older style of basketball and uh, they didn't really have any plays or anything like that. So uh, I didn't really know what to think. I was kind of optimistic about it, but I was like, man, he's probably going to be, you know what I'm saying, a tough coach. He's probably going to be tough on everybody. So that's kind of what I figured coming into it, but I didn't really know to what extent it was going to be. So. <laughs> And coach, uh, what was what were your first impressions as a coach of a young Jordan Burns? Well, when I was coming in, he was going to be an incoming freshman, and I think you remember. I one of the first things we did is we got into middle school, so I knew who Jordan was through um, Coach Leslie and Coach Nanias as middle school coaches that I had coached against a long time ago uh, prior to that. Um, so they had already told me about him, and, and um, you know, and I also knew he's a dual sport athlete, so I, I just knew that he he loved a lot of sports and. He was going to be a guy that more likely was going to come in and play both. And, and uh, they just always said he has a lot of potential is, is what they always said about him. And, and um, first couple times I saw him in the gym, I mean, quick first step. Uh, I, they joke about it, but he was a skinny string bean. And, his, you know, he had his ears and he was just a stick. I mean, you remember him. He was all, you know, thin, but he had long arms. And, and uh, he had a quick first step. Uh, I just remember thinking we got to develop a skill set. If he develops a skill set, this kid could be could be pretty good because he's he's athletic enough to to be a good player and and um and I remember when he first came in we even had the football talk because that summer we discussed whether he was going to play football or basketball and he was there with coach Kaiser at the time and uh, coach Kaiser was great with it and I remember Jordan actually at one point said he wasn't going to play football and then he went I think what was it Jordan about two days and I think you missed it right yeah yeah and we went out and talked to coach Kaiser and coach Kaiser was awesome with him and told him your heart's in it. We want you here, but we want what's best for you. And I thought that was the right way to play it with, with Jordan. Absolutely. Jordan went and played. He actually played football his freshman year. And uh, if you remember, he came in after football and he was, 
if not the best, one of the best football players they had the fr- you know on the freshman team that year, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know he had a future there too. But uh, luckily for us, it worked out. He ended up coming back with us full time. But um, but that's what I knew about him, you know. And and uh, he was he was always joking, always laughing. And and uh, if you remember Coach Alvarado, he a lot of times if you watched him from a distance, he was always dancing around, like kind of. Um, you know, he's always dancing, doing something, you know, and stuff. And, and I remember that uh, about him. He had that type of personality, you know, from a distance. So, uh, you know, I never never know with kids when they come in what they're going to develop to. Uh, and then, and thankfully for us, he developed into a really great player. And he developed a left hand, right? <laughs> well, that's one of the things, you know, uh, that I think separated him, though, is if you remember, we always did the end-of-the-year evaluations. I think that's when I started realizing with him how good he probably could be because at the end of his freshman year, you know, we sat down like we always did. We always gave kids two goals and we said, Hey, uh, I think for you, Jordan, it was to be able to dribble with your left hand um, the coming into the next year and to get stronger. And I remember that summer, that's what he worked on. And he came back as a sophomore and, and he handled the ball. Cause remember we were worried he was going to be the point guard that next year as a sophomore. And we're like, what are we going to do if he can't handle the ball with his left hand, you know, kind of thing. And, and he came back and handled the ball with his left hand. Uh, still didn't attack the basket, but could handle it and, and take care of the ball. And came back a lot stronger. And that's when I realized that every year you gave him two things and he came back and he worked on it the whole time and he came back and could do it. Um, and a kid that you don't find a lot of kids like that. So I think that's, that's kind of what separated him. I think your level and my level, Coach, as far as our connection, you totally took my next question out of my out of my mouth and my brain. I was going to ask you, you know, at what point, you know, he was a very driven kid, but at what point did you find out he was, he had the potential to be something special and, and you kind of just answered it without even me asking. That's kind of scary. Well, I can go back on something else. So when you and I had the same conversation the first time, cause you, you did a great job as an assistant when, when I said, Hey, we need to get these, these guys playing against good players uh, all the time. Cause remember the open gym deal was an issue when we got there, like kids just didn't play hard and a lot of them didn't come if you remember, we got all those college guys, you know, guys that played with me, Travis Leach was there, and you had Antonio Daniels there, and, and uh, uh, Kia, and all these different guys that you knew that you brought in, um, Eric Villarreal, all these guys to play against these kids. And if you remember, you and I sat there that, for that first time they played, and we said, uh, he's got a different mentality because our older kids, um, they're great kids, but they would uh, kind of just play. They didn't, they didn't compete with those guys. It was almost like an intimidation thing, like, oh, these guys are better than us, so we're going to stop. Jordan went that way. You remember, he, he took the ball, went right down the middle, went right at people. Yeah. And, and we had that conversation that day, and he's got a different mentality. He, he's not scared. He's going to go after people. He's, you know, he's not intimidated by it. And that's a hard thing to find because a lot of kids, they can say that they're not intimidated, but when they get against great competition or guys that are better than them, a lot of them – you know, sit down and they, and they get laid back and they won't, they won't play hard. And he always did that. And, and that, that was the very first time we saw him in an open gym at Marshall, if you remember that day, because we had that conversation. I do. Yeah. You know, it's hard, you're right. It's hard to find that in, in young players. Uh, a lot of people say that, that they're not scared, but, uh, but when the balls uh, roll onto the floor, you know, the guys that aren't show it and the guys that are, you know, they show that also. Um, and he was a guy that, that was relentless and fearless and still had a lot to work on, but but it's hard to teach that mentality. You know, I don't, I don't know. Can you, is that something that can be taught, do you guys think? I think it's a hard thing to teach. I think some kids just kind of have it in them. I think the way they're raised and the way they are, I think a lot of them just have it in them. 
I'm not saying kids can't develop it, but I don't, you can support it. But at the end of the day, that's a personality thing that I think some kids for whatever reason have the innate ability to, to bring that out. And some, some just struggle with it forever. So I don't know. I can't say you can't develop it, but it's not an easy thing to develop. It's a whole lot easier when the kid comes in with that and you have to just, you can work on skill sets and skill levels and understanding the game. Because if you got to teach them passion and you got to teach them, you know, to go out there to compete all the time and you got to do that every day, that becomes a thing that makes hard and want to, you know, and, and they got to want to be the best. And I think, you know, with Jordan, after knowing his family, I think a lot of it is, is how he was brought up and raised. Um, I mean, his parents raised him that way. And so I think he didn't know any different. That's just what he did. And, and you see it still to this day. If he wants something, he's going to go get it. And he's not intimidated by it, you know, and, and you could see that at a young age with it. You know, Jordan, um, even though at the time in high school, you know, maybe you didn't always uh, see it at the time or, you know, coach was holding you to a certain standard and he'd get on you and we maybe didn't agree with everything he was saying at the moment. You know, at what point did you realize, you no, know, okay, Coach Olendike is a guy that I can trust to have my best interest at heart, you know, even though he's hard on me and, and holding me to these expectations and I don't always uh, agree with it, you know, per se. You know, I can trust this guy who's got my best interest at heart. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think I think y'all did a good job of doing, you know, the good cop, bad cop type thing. You know, we had Coach O yelling at me, you know what I'm saying, and, and trying to make sure that, you know, Things were always right, and then you know you always turned it on a on a different uh, uh, on a different side, and always would explain it to me in a different way, and say you know don't always listen to how he's saying it, but listen to what he's saying, and and make sure that uh, you know that Coach O wants the best for you. Obviously, he wants the best for the team and everything. And I think just that that dual that, that combo that we had with with you guys as being our coaches just created a I think a sense of camaraderie within our whole team. I think we started to believe that we were way better than we were kind of. And I think that led to, you know, when you look at it, I think you look at the statistics and you look at all the measurements and everything, like our team wasn't supposed to be like one of the best teams in the city. You know, if you look at it that way, you know, you look at our size, you look at our, our height, weight. you guys really made us believe, I think, early on, even when we took the losses and we had the five and 23 season and the first, my freshman year, we weren't that good. I think, those were just building blocks to create, you know, for me, Dorian, Roy, uh, the guys like that to create a certain energy in the locker room, I think. And uh, it started with, with you guys having that good cop, bad cop thing. And I think that that's kind of what allowed us to, to succeed, I think, all of us. Uh, and, you know, Coach was really good about, uh, you know, when, when I first came on with Coach Olandike, he'd say, look, if I'm – if I'm getting intense and kind of heated, I'm going to need you to be the calming voice and calming factor. And, and I've been able to also do the same thing, at, you know, at my place, you know, if, if I'm getting a little heated and uh, I've told my guys, uh, hey, I need, I need you to be the common voice or, or vice versa, you know, playing off each other, you know, and, and uh, ba finding that balance. Uh, Coach, talk to me a little bit about uh, some of those rough patches early on. You know, what are some of the things that you think maybe Jordan had to improve on as a young, a young student athlete? Um, it was always great. We never had a problem. <laughs> never. No, um, honestly, I mean, when I look back on it now, we were caught in the middle of it. I mean, I was lucky I had some good mentors because here's what I had never had in the coaching realm. I, I had had some good players, but he was the best player I had probably coached mainly because of his uh, work ethic. 
but also when you get kids that are like that, that have that type of work ethic that want to compete, they can be extremely stubborn um, and hard and, and very hard headed. And I'm the same way. And so um, I felt like at, at times because of the way that I carried myself, the way he was, sometimes we just fought battles just to fight battles. Um, and, and so I was lucky I had, uh, and, and you know, you know, coach Bertel that I had worked for uh, prior that actually hired me and he was the head coach and I was his assistant and he was a master of, um, being able to build relationships with kids and be able to take a step back, look at situations and say, okay, we need this. And I, I tell you what, if they would have charged me, uh, money for how many times I called him, um, I would have been broke and he'd have been a rich man. Uh, because it, it, it was a learning experience for me too. I had to learn a lot more patience. I had to learn how to um, explain things better because the one thing with Jordan is you better be able to explain it to him. Uh, he's not a, he wasn't a kid that you could just say, hey, go do this, and he just went and did it because if in his mind he knew how to do it better, if you didn't explain to him why your method was better, he wasn't going to do it. And so we would hit heads, you know, and so uh, – you know, I can, I can remember some moments. And, and the one thing with him, a lot of it was just maturity, I think, with a lot of kids. But there were times I think he uh, – and I don't know, Jordan, you, you could tell me I'm wrong, but there was times I think he almost, in a sense, picked a fight, sometimes to pick a fight. I mean, there were some times when there were some drills maybe didn't go the way he wanted and he didn't like how I – you know, we had to go run. I can remember some times where he just basically refused to run. I remember a practice where he was kind of trotting and it was – got so bad that I kept making everybody run that the guys went and stood next to him and were like, come on, come on, and trying to get run with him to get him just to run. And it was like, at that time, it was just a battle. It was like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna show you that I've got the, you know, I'm here and, and, and I was the same way. I'm going to show you that, you know, you're a player and I'm the coach. And, and so we kind of went round and round and it was a maturity thing. Uh, but for him uh, to figure out how to communicate uh, more effectively to um, – you know, be patient to be able to explain things to, to see a kid's perspective. Cause when I realized it, when I look back is he just was built a lot like me. Um, I can tell you right now, I, I was blessed with some great coaches that were patient with me because I did the same stuff, probably worse than he did uh, with coaches, you know, coming up. And, and so I realized that I took a step back and my parents used to tell me the same thing. I'd call and say, Hey, you know, this happened today. And my, my mom kind of laugh and they'd be like, well, you used to do the same thing, you know? And so it was a learning experience. And, and, um, but it, we were able to develop it to a point where I think a lot of it was also the trust thing. Um, I learned to be able to trust him that he was going to, uh, do what I needed him to do. And he, I think he learned to trust me that, Hey, what he's telling me is it, it may not seem right to me, but it's what's best for our team. And I think that was the biggest struggle early on when he was young. Um, uh, I don't people probably remember he led the district in scoring as a sophomore. Uh, you know, he, your last year there, he was the leading scorer in the district. Um, but for us to be really good, he needed to be able to learn how to trust the guys around him because he was only going to be, we were only going to be as good as those guys around him could support him to be. And he was, and he had some good support guy. I mean, Dorian Lopez was a tremendous player. Uh, Roy Womack, you know, uh, did a lot of great things. He wasn't going to score, but he did pieces. We had all these guys, Jared Costanzo, Kelvin, we even had bench guys, you know, you get into like, a guy like Dallas Benitez or a guy like, uh, you know, Ray Rios. And these guys, they practice hard. And we and, and Ryan, Ryan Hernandez, he used to match up with Jordan. Those guys could push him in practice. And so we kind of got to that mentality where I think he started realizing, hey, these guys are important because if 
I go hard, I can get them better. And if they're better, they're going to support me in a game and we can become better. But it took a pro it was a major process, man. We had our battles and I, I want to say we probably battled all the way through even his junior year. Because his junior year, I think, Jordan, I don't know if you can attest this, I think he struggled a little bit junior year transitioning from um, scoring as much as he scored to being able to figure out how to play with guys and, and rely on other guys to support him. Um, and we ha I remember we had some transitional moments with it uh, where we had to kind of sit down and talk like, look, I know you're not getting as many shots. I know you're not scoring, but this is actually what's best for the, the team. And, I, and, and once he developed past that maturity point, by the time he's a senior, I think he kind of figured it out. And we got to the point we didn't have to fight so much. It was more like um, – and honestly, you know, Jordan plays with a lot of emotion. That's one of the things I'm so proud about with him in college. They talk about all the time about, oh, man, he's so – you know, he can get a little fired up, but he stays pretty even keel all the time when I watch him. And he wasn't always like that when he was younger. He could, he could get in uh, emotional, and then he – that's when he would do things or make mistakes. and things like that. By the time he was a senior, you could kind of see it coming. And I didn't have to yell at him anymore. I just call him over and say, Hey, uh, you're starting to kind of go here. And he, yep. He trusts you and accept it and calm down and then go play. And so it was a, it was a big process, but I mean, honestly, that's an assistance thing too, because you guys, you and Alvarez earned your money on the bench, because if you remember there's times in games, I, I just tell you, Hey, get him out and talk to him because him and I were going to go at it, you know, and Jordan, I, I don't know if you remember, we, you know, uh, we went at it that time. Uh, it was your sophomore year, I think. Was That's, to me, the biggest blow-up was during a game. We were playing a high school that you knew a lot of the kids at because you'd gone to middle school with them. And it was the second game in the, in the district season. We had a lead. We kind of blew the lead. They started kind of extending it. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember you and I traded some words, and then we went to the bench, and you were going to – to get the last word and I was going to get the last word it went on and on and I don't know if you remember coach Alvarado we went into that locker room I can count a handful of times in my coaching career that I've gone to this place and fired up and that was one of them I walked out of the locker room man I was fired up and I remember Jordan said I'm going to transfer and then I was like you do what you need to do and we got into it we hit heads and that that to me was a big turning point too uh you know that night I think that actually had to happen and and then all of a sudden it was like Hey, we're here. We are. We're gonna work together. We're gonna get through it. You know, kind of thing. So I don't know. It was a, it was a process, but it is with all kids, and all kids are different. Jordan, what is your recollection? I, I remember. I remember. Uh, I don't remember like what what team we're playing and like that, but I definitely remember that moment and and uh, and just being. You know I'm saying, I'm just going. I'm gonna leave. Like, man, I don't need this and all those things. But I mean, obviously. It was a maturity factor. I think, obviously, like Coach said, I needed to to grow up, you know, and become, you know, sort of like a man. You know, obviously, if you want to play at the next level, you have to be able to take coaching. You have to be able to to understand that the people around you on your team want the best for you because that's ultimately what's going to be best for the team. So, um, I think just understanding that um, that aspect of the game was what has helped me propel forward because if I didn't have Coach O to, you know, battle with and things like that, then when I got to Colgate with Coach Lango and things happened with me and Coach Lango, but nothing has come close to, you know, what, what me and Coach O probably have, you know what I'm saying, have gotten into it with. And that's really just a testament to the maturity that Coach O, you know, helped me build. And, you know, along with you and Coach Alvarez and 
you guys just continuing to, to teach me that basketball is a team sport, literally, you know, in, in every way, uh, the team matters so much. And that one player, regardless of, you know, their averages on the floor or, or what they do, that everybody on the team matters. You know, like, like we were talking about Ryan Hernandez, he came in every day and, uh, you know, he tried to put me through hell. You know, he's fouling every day. And Coach O allowed it to, you know, create – to make me a better player, you know. And uh, guys like Dallas, guys like Roy, guys like Doran, guys that we needed just to all come together and just continuously work hard every single day in order for us to win because if we didn't work harder than teams, we weren't more skilled, we weren't more athletic. So it really came down to just working super hard. And, and I think Coach instilled that in us. And uh, that's why, you know what I'm saying, I was able to mature because I was pushed to mature. You know, I, I had to do it in order to win. In order to to find a spot to play at on the next level, I had to develop some type of trust uh, in you know coach, and I think that eventually that that trust led to a good friendship, and it led to you know just real love on the court, and we had a real love in the locker room, and uh, it it helped us you know win games. We were able to beat the number one and number two teams in the city in the same tournament, yeah. you know. So I mean, we were able to do things like that that. Nobody would ever think, you know, Marshall basketball would probably ever be able to do. So, um, yeah, I think I think it was just just the whole pushing us to our limit and, and making sure that we were going to work hard at every every turn, every moment, just to to propel ourselves forward. And I think that's why everybody on the team, regardless if they're playing basketball or not, still they're still good men in society. You know, there's you know a path that's you know a lot of kids at Marshall some turn to. So I think that's a testament to you guys. You know, you guys didn't let that happen. And, uh, you know, we definitely appreciate you guys for that. Hey, Jordan, tell uh, – I'm going to let you tell the story because you tell it better. Tell the flat ball story. Yeah, so this had to be, what, sophomore year, right? So sophomore yeah. year, it was 5-23, terrible. And at this time, you know, I have this mentality. Obviously, I was leading scorer in the district, and I hey, had this mentality. Let me, let me set it up first. <laughs> let me set it up first. So let's keep in mind that everyone – because coach coach okay here you hold on coach, yeah coach are you there coach Olin, like just got his internet fixed so i don't know if there's a internet thing because coach i was just making a funny face right now yeah that's how i see it i was like it's stuck someone, someone accidentally cut his internet wire so they came in and fixed it uh this morning oh they did this morning yeah let me let me text him. But he was pretty excited about the story. It looks like, yeah, no, he definitely was about to. He wanted to put some some background information in there before I started talking. <laughs> How you holding up, Jordan? Good, I'm good. Just trying to get workouts in, working out in my garage and stuff. Just making sure I'm in shape. Obviously, you never know when this coronavirus thing is going to end. So, you know, I'm just trying to be ready for my moment. You know, if I'm able to get get one, so. Yeah, that's really what what I'm doing right now. Is trying to maintain. So hopefully they, they can start lifting some of these bands on some gyms and and workout facilities so you can get in the gym and get your work in. Yeah, that's the goal. I hope within the next couple of weeks, obviously what Texas is doing, probably within the next two weeks they'll be able to let let more than ten people in in the space at a time so we can actually get you know some workouts in, get open gyms going. So hopefully, even if it's like a small open gym. So. For sure. There he is. Okay, am I back? You're back. We got you, coach. We got you, coach. All right, okay. coach, set this up for us. 
I'm going to set the scene first. We've been getting pressed by everybody, and we're getting run out, out of the gym. We can't break the press. And the only time we break the press is if Jordan dribbles through it. <laughs> you can't, But he can't dribble through it the whole game. Yeah. So by the fourth quarters, typically he's tired from doing it. And so we already know, like, hey, we're supposed to be passing through it anyway. So we're trying to get the team prepared because we know everybody's going to press us. So we're trying to get everybody prepared A. We need to be able to beat the press, and y'all got to be able to do your jobs and get the ball off the floor. Yeah. So that's how I'm going to preface it, and then Jordan can tell the rest of the story. Okay, so so yeah, like what Coach said, obviously we're getting pressed and stuff. But you got in, in my mind at this age, you know, I was 16 at the time, um, and at that that age, at that time, I was like, you know what, I feel like I'm way better than people are giving me credit for. You know, at that that point, you kind of have that that mindset that where it's like, all right. You know, I'm the best. Like, I'm not going to let nobody tell me, like, Coach, you need to talk to these other people. You know, I'm going to do what I keep doing. You know, and that's, that's kind of the mindset that I, I took on at that age was just having that ultra confidence in, in myself. Um, and the work that I put in over that summer and not realizing yet that, you know, you still have to be a part of a team. And so it was – we did, was it five on like eight people or yeah, something like that? It was eight, yeah. Five on eight people. So eight people on defense, most of them like obviously from the JV team. Um, and so, you know, we're taking the ball every time. He's like, all right, we're going to run through press. I get it, dribble through it, right? So dribble through the press, break it. All right, coach is like, all right, again, you know, pass the ball through the press. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, all right, I get the ball again. Dribble it right through again. Last time, coach is like, all right, like this, like, or pass the ball to the press. Like, you need to work on this, whatever. And so I'm like, okay, do it again. And so at this point, coach is like, all right, take the ball in the in the uh, coach's office and take some air out. So we had, like, a little flat basketball kind of. Coach, we get the ball back in. He's like, all right, play with this. Let's see if you can drill with this. <laughs> I drew through it again with the flat ball. <laughs> and I was so, I was so, like, stuck on trying to prove him wrong. Like, I'm going to keep doing this. And it just – I remember Coach O just getting mad. He's like, go to the office. Coach, Coach Arana, go talk to him. Like, I'm done with this. And he, he, he was so – he was – and I remember walking to the office just like straight face, so mad. Really mad at nothing, you know, just being young and being dumb. Like, why not just pass the ball? But at the moment, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, he really tried to do that to me in front of everybody, like trying to embarrass me hard. Like, I'm walking to the locker room or to the coach's office and, you know, we had to talk Coach Alvarado and everything. and. That, that helped, and, you know, obviously I was able to eventually learn a little bit to be able to pass through the press and things like that. And still in games, that's points that I still was dribbling through it. But um, definitely I think that was probably the biggest moment, I think, looking back now where it was like all right, that was where things started to shift and I started to kind of get it a little bit more. And I think as time went on, you know, I, I started to progress through maturity and things. And obviously little things kept happening here and there, but that was like one that was like, all right, you know, you got to kind of get it right if you want to play for this team. Because I think there was a lot of moments, even looking back on it now, that I know there's some coaches in, in the country that, you know, coach at high school things that probably would have kicked a kid like me off the team. You know what I'm saying? So I think that I was blessed to have, you know, a coach that had the, the type of, um, I guess, the, the type of uh, patience, you know, for, for kids. And um, that really, you know, he had uh, his heart and soul was in the game of basketball to help us. And uh, he didn't want to leave anybody behind. So I think that was uh, what, you know, was able to help me mature. And that, that was a big moment in our, in our uh, relationship 
where things went super south, but, you know, obviously it started to get way better after that. So we kind of needed that little dip in order to, you know, you know propel ourselves forward. Well, and, and just to clarify too, <laughs> Jordan wasn't bad at all. It was just, <laughs> he's a good kid. It, it just was a deal where it was just being stubborn. But I think a lot of what, like what we dealt with with him is he knew from an early age he wanted to play in college. And I think a lot of our stuff was always, and that's some of the conversations him and I would have too, was, look, I, I can use you right now in high school and I can let you loose and you can go score, you know, 25. I mean, honestly, his senior year, he could have he could have had 40-some 40, 40 point games too, uh, a lot. But he was more worried at that point of developing as a player and developing our team for us to be successful. Um, and I think by the end, he understood what, what we were trying to do. And, and my thing, like I always told him, is college coaches are going to know you're good because of how you play, not because how many score, points you scored. Yeah. And I think he developed that through the maturity process and, and knew why we were getting on him. And, and, uh, and I do think it's helped him. Um, he just keeps developing, and, but he can play so well with people. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's what's, what's made a, a huge difference for him. Because you watch him even in college now, he'll score. There's games I've watched and he'll have 24 points, but you don't even realize he scored 24 points because he's doing it within the flow of everything that's going yeah. on. And, and that's an impressive thing to see that a lot of – some kids struggle with that. Yes. And one of the most uh, impressive things about that day was that ball was so flat. I don't know how he dribbled it. I have no idea – he was able it, didn't to even, it didn't even have the valve stem in it. That was the ball yeah. without the valve stem. Yeah, it was terrible. It was ter I literally just was trying to pound it so much. Like, I wanted to prove a point so bad. That it was I think like, he looked at Coach O'Leary. Like. <laughs> he, he, he did. And, and uh, I remember I made, a, I made sure I made a phone call. Uh, that night I called uh, Miss Renda Burns, got a phone call from Coach O that night yep, yep. <laughs> to let her know what her son did at practice. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've never seen Coach Olin like so red. That he was so red. Oh yeah, that day, that day, Coach was super red, super red. <laughs> the whole body was red. Oh man. Um. So, Coach, you know, um, talk to us a little bit about how you were able to manage Jordan's. You know, he he worked hard. He lived in the gym. You know, every time you gave him a goal, he he made sure he worked that. I, I remember watching him wake up early in the morning and run from his house so he can come and lift and, and get his shots up because he, he wanted to get a part-time job. And then he had his AAU schedule. You know, how did you balance what, what you expected of him along with his AAU stuff? You know, sometimes coaches at the high school and the public schools, they, they tend to butt heads with some of those uh, AAU programs. But what was uh, some of the keys to y'all's being able to work it out? Um. The big thing that I was always worried about with Jordan is he was in the gym so much uh, that I was always afraid of overwork um, because you can't have a kid go over to the AU and I and he he had he had some you know he had some trainers he played on AU teams and I know that they they would lift and they would play and they did a lot of stuff and and so what we always tried to do is is um, balance everything and and so again it got down to a trust thing because like I here's the one thing that Jordan always got that he always understood is you can't take the best kid on your program and have him disappear all summer you just can't do that good teams don't have their best player leave at least not at programs like where we're at where a lot of kids don't play AU you can't take your best kid 
and have him leave all summer and then talk about team and doing all these things. So Jordan was always real good about um, when we would talk to him about, look, you're, you got your AU and AU is important. If, if you ask me, it, it's an important cog in the, in the wheel um, because you can't have one of each. I mean, AU is huge for exposure. I mean, part of the reason Jordan's where he's at is because of AU. Um, I mean, there's no doubt uh, because people were able to see him on a stage that, you know, a team from, you know, out on the East Coast ain't going to fly all the way in to watch a high school game for Jordan in Texas. I mean, AU plays a huge thing on, on um, kids being able to be seen by lots of places. Um, so it makes sense. You know, I, I get it. But then you also have to figure out the balance of how do you, how you get to balance this. So one of the things we always did um, that is we had to have a lot of communication and trust. So what I would do, and I, you know, is I would tell Jordan, like, during the week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what's your schedule, whatever. And I, he would come with us the first part of the week. He'd be at open gym. Um, he would come and lift with the guys. He would do all that stuff. And then he would let me know when his important tournaments were. What I mean by important is, um, he understood the the idea of, I mean, you get some of the, the really good AU coaches, uh, and there's a lot of good ones. Uh, they, they understand the impact of what they're, what they're trying to do with kids. So they don't overwork them either. They play them in the big tournaments that they know they're going to get exposure, especially when you get to the level that Jordan was at. So they took them to the big tournaments. So what he always did with me is he communicated and would say, hey, coach, I got a such and such tournament in, you know, I don't remember that. I think he went to Arkansas. He'd go all over the place. And he'd say, hey, I got this here. So what we would do is he would come with us. He would be at open gym. He would do all of his skill stuff. Um, and then he would lift. He'd do all that with the guys. So he was with our guys. And then on Thursday, we would tell him, you don't lift. You got a big weekend. You need to play well, whatever. You don't lift. You go there. You, you do what you need to do. And one of the things we always stress, and I don't know, Jordan probably can attest to this, and I always tell kids is when you play AAU, you play the way those coaches tell you to play. And when you come play for us, you play the way that we tell you to play. And the one thing I always promise kids is there's never going to be anything that I teach you that doesn't translate to anybody's system. Because at the end of the day, basketball players are basketball players. So if you're teaching skill sets and, and concepts and understanding of the game, it doesn't matter if you play my way or you play a guy that plays fast-paced or however they play, you're going to fit in and you, you'll find a niche with that group. And that's what we always stress. So we tried to balance it all. I didn't want him lifting with them and then coming over and lifting with me. But his, I'll be honest, to my knowledge and the experience I had with his AAU coaches and his trainers, they were good back. Like, uh, you know, um, when he was lifting with us, I don't think he was lifting there. He would go practice with them, but he, it was always balanced. And, and he was real good about it. And, and he had, I know his trainer, uh, his shooting coach, uh, Jesse, is that his? He was always good about it. Like they would do stuff in the morning so that Jordan would come, you know, and could be with us. I mean, they they were just great about it. And, and so – my big thing with AAU and high school is they've got to be able to coexist. And the only way it coexists is if there's true communication and there's actual trust. And if both entities, the high school coach and the AAU coach, understand that you're there to benefit the kid and it's got to be a balance. It, it can't be um, they go full 100% AAU in the summer and then they just come back during the school year with the team. There's got to be a blend, uh, but you got to be able to trust. So he was always real good about it. I didn't have to worry with him. He communicated, his parents communicated, um, you know, and I try to communicate as best with them. And, and uh, you know, like I said, he, there is no doubt he would not be where he's at um, without the AU connections and the, and the guys that he knew that worked with him. Uh, because high school down here, I mean, you, you have more access now, but I didn't even have enough access to it. You know, I could, he couldn't do the stuff he was doing with his trainers with me year round. Yeah. It's illegal. It's a violation. 
So he, he did a really good job of using his resources and finding good people that would communicate. And I think it benefited him and it worked out really well for him. And, and, uh, but that's how we balanced it. It was all trust communication and understanding that, Hey, I got to give a little bit here too. You know, I, I can't expect him to be with me every day and you can't do that. It wears a kid out. He can't do it. But at the same time, he was great. Like I said, he, um, he understood the team concept. And, and when I would tell him, Hey, like, it's important. The guy's got to see you. He was there. Yeah. He would come. And, and then there were some times that honestly, he'd drive me nuts because I'd tell him like, Hey, you need to take Thursday off and go here. And then there he is, he's up there playing and going full bore. And I'm like, look, dude, you're going to be over here. And so he was almost a guy like you had to tell him like, I need you to go home and, and take a day off. I need you to, you know, cause he, <laughs> the thing with Jordan, he'd play when he was hurt. He'd play all the time. I mean, he'd be injured. He'd have his ankle. They're trying to play. Never want to sit out. You know, you couldn't even rest him. He wasn't like, you know, some guys that look for an excuse to get out. He always went on there. So we had to kind of work with him on that and get him to understand that rest is an important part of it too. And, yeah. and, and he was always real good about it. So we didn't, we didn't, it, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was ever really an issue for us. And, and it can be for some people. Jordan, yes. do you remember those days? Do you remember how, how hard was it as a young student athlete to balance it all? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, for me, I just feel like I, I had this this type of work ethic um, kind of instilled in me just, you know, ju just from watching my parents. Um, obviously, you know what I'm saying, hustlers, as we were, were growing up to, to make sure that, that they could get us everything we needed, made sure that I could, you know, get to, to AAU tournaments and, and get to these places. And obviously, you know, my brother sacrificed a lot because, you know, obviously they weren't able to have a lot because – you know, we, we had to go to these AAU tournaments and things like that. So I feel like for me, it was just this super work ethic, this super hard, like, I guess, confidence that I had in myself that it wasn't really even that hard to, to do it. Like, I, I wanted to play basketball so much. Uh, there was days that I didn't want to sit out. There was days, like Coach said, I remember one day uh, at the gym, I got hit in, like, the bottom of my elbow. But I played the next day. So it in in a tournament that you know uh, downtown at Michigan Conception played the tournament right there and was was already back at it with not being able to really shoot trying to go in shoot my left hand and it, it was just something to me that I just love to do so much so uh when, when you love to do something I think like that that when it's fun for you it, it's not really a struggle I think maybe the struggle was trying to figure out when to do what and what days I was going to do you know what where but I knew I wanted to do something. I knew that that day was going to be – I was going to go play basketball. I was going to make sure I lifted. I was going to make sure I, I talked to guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it wasn't even – it wasn't that as, – as hard as it is now, I think, obviously being at Colgate with having to balance the academic and the, the rigorous academic schedule and everything like that, along with trying to be, you know, one of the best mid-major teams in the country uh, – I think that was, you know, that's a lot harder and stressful just because of the academic side. Uh, but in high school, you know, I feel like I didn't do that well, I think, in the classroom as well as I could have in high school, but it wasn't hard. Uh, so that's why I think it wasn't, it wasn't hard to balance trying to play basketball and do all those things and then, you know, being in school and making sure I was doing what I was supposed to do because it was just something I loved to do and something that I was, I was taught as, you know, growing up, if you want something, go get it. There's no – nobody can tell you no. Only you can, you know, make your dreams into reality. So, I mean, being taught that at a young age, I think it, I, it really – they instilled that in me, which is why, you know, I'm chasing my dreams as, as we speak. 
You know, t tell us about uh, your senior year, Jordan. Now, both of you guys can chip in on this, but you guys make history at Marshall High School. Um, won a lot of games, you know, made a nice playoff run. It had been about 20 years since something like that had happened at the school. Um, just talk a little bit about the, the highs and the lows, you know, early season, late in the season. That giant crowd at UTSA, the, uh, you know, when it all ended, what that felt like. And just talk about that journey that last year a little bit. Yeah, the journey, the last, the last ride, man, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. I think that that was the year when I think pretty much everybody got it. You know, pretty much everybody kind of at this point, we trusted each other. We liked each other. Uh, and the truth is, I mean, I didn't really hang out with anybody on the basketball team outside of basketball. But basketball was just so big of a thing in my life that that was, you know, those were my guys, you know, regardless, even to this day, you know, if they call me or hit me up for something, I'm, you know, I'm always going to answer the phone, I'm always going to text back. So I think that because we, you know, Coach had knitted us together into kind of like this, this little family where we all believed in each other and we all trusted in each other, um, it was easy. You know, when, when we went out to play, guys really weren't, weren't arguing. Um, shot selection wasn't really, you know, too bad because Coach had taught us what shots were good and what shots were bad, who could shoot what shot, who wasn't supposed to be shooting a shot. Uh, knowing the the time and <laughs> knowing the the time and score in the game, um, so I think learning that as we went on, we just I think we just kept building confidence. And obviously, the Seguin tournament was big. You know that I think that made our season kind of kind of start rolling because we beat you know obviously we beat Steele, then we turn around and beat Judson, and those two big wins allowed us to you know look at each other in the locker room and we're like we're really good, you know, we're a really good team when we want to come to play and we play really hard. The guys who have all these, ta all this talent and, and all this athleticism, that doesn't put the ball in the basket. That doesn't guard guys on the other end. Other end. Um, that all comes down to effort. And I think Coach was able to teach us effort. And once we got rolling, it just, it seemed like it just couldn't stop. Like we just kept winning, uh, went down to, what was in the, I think we played our first, game in the playoffs we played against corpus christi carroll right was it corpus yeah. christi carroll and i forget in victoria yep yeah yeah in victoria so we go down there and i remember we're in the back gym shooting around you know that game's kind of like a little little nervous this first playoff game we ain't played in a while and you know we go out there and we blow the team out you know what i'm saying and, and we just coach just had this confidence in us that it was like we just felt like we could beat anybody on any given night like any given night if you gave us one shot like, we can make it happen. And so, you know, we were able to win that game, went to Wagner and played New Braunfels second round. And, you know, luckily we, we, we had – we played Churchill early in the year, lost Churchill. Now I remember we were waiting for that game, the New Braunfels versus Churchill game, and New Braunfels ended up winning. And, you know, we just had this, this confidence of, like, man, we're going to go down to Wagner and we're going to play New Braunfels and, and we're going to beat them. And we did. And – you know, we were able to advance the third round. Obviously, Clemens got us. You know, they had a pretty good team uh, with some D1 guys on there. But, yeah, I mean, our, our crowd, the, the amount of support that we had throughout the season from our school and from the just the people around, I think just, just the neighborhood that, that, you know, appreciated what we were doing for our school. So when we got to UTSA, we were able to sell out our section and, you know, it looked great and, and everything like that. And it's just – it all started with – you know, four years ago when I walked into a gym and Coach O was in there and you guys were in there and we had those open gyms, 
and all those things that led up to that point to be able to create an atmosphere of winning, a winning culture for the last couple of years that we were there. And you guys went to the playoffs, I think, again after I left, right? The, yeah, the next yeah. we won 20 games the next year. And, and Yeah, so it was yeah. just amazing. It's the culture that coach was able to build for us and able to, to have that playoff run and, and be this historic team and go down in martial history as, you know, a great basketball team. So I think, you know, it all started there. But, yeah, that, that's why, uh, you know, I think we were able to grab that support and everything just because of everything that led up to it, all the all the hard work, all the adversity. And I think that's what Coach's main word was adversity. I feel like I heard adversity a thousand times, you know. So adversity, adversity, adversity was just what we continued to, to believe that we had to overcome something. And it, it kept the chip on our shoulder every game. and. Ultimately, like, I think all of us kind of put that chip in everything that we do now. I think everybody has that kind of that chip of they want to be the best at what they do and they want to work super hard for whoever they have to work for. So, um, you know, I think that comes back to, to Coach O, you know, being that that guy that, that was, uh, you know, no holes bar. He didn't tolerate anything. Um, and, you know, he, he made us winners. Uh a lot of people, what they forget about that year, we started the year one and three. Yeah, yeah. We actually lost. We actually lost to New Braunfels. New Braunfels, yeah. In, in overtime um, at their place. Uh, so it was kind of, you know, we got to play them later in the playoffs, and they had a good group that year, and, and Coach Bronner does a great job with them. So, um, you know, and we had some battles with them, but we were able to play really well in that playoff stretch. And then we had um, – oh, I'm trying to remember – yeah, we went one and three, and then after that, we, we did real well. We had one bad setback. Brandeis, we lost a close game with Clark. Um, that's when they had the 50-year uh, anniversary celebration, and, and our guys got to meet all the uh, Marshall players that played on the state championship team 50 years prior in 1965. That was pretty cool. It was it was a special year. Uh, I mean, it really was. It was a special year with a lot of great kids, and, and, um, and the community was awesome, and I think they were hungry for something to grab onto. And, and so, uh, man, I remember when we went to, um, Victoria, uh, our principal, Miss Cleveland said, Hey, we're going to do a send off. And man, the send off was, we walked out of the locker room and the whole school was out there. And so it, we had a big crowd in Victoria for traveling that far. And then we had a huge crowd in Wagner and then a massive crowd at UTSA. And I still think about that game because there's some things I wish I'd have done a little different. Um, you know, it's one of those games you coach in and then you're like, you know, I, if I hadn't done this, this, or this, it's one of those games you don't let go because we had a special group. Had we got by that game, who knows? I mean, who knows? We beat Steele that year and Steele went to the state tournament and lost to the state champion team in overtime by one. I don't know if you remember that. I, I believe yeah. they lost to DeSoto uh, by one. Steele did, and we were able to beat Steele. Steele had a great team. and um, But I agree with Jordan. The Seguin tournament was the turning point for us um, where I think they believe because people don't realize we also beat Madison in the opening round and they were really good and we were behind early and they were pressing us and, and running us out of the gym and we were able to get our composure and come all the way back and beat them. And then I believe it was central Catholic. I believe we beat the second game and they were ranked in the top 10 in the city at the time. And then we were able to beat steel um, who was, I think number two at the time. And then we were, and then we got to play Judson. And to me, the Judson game was huge because Judson, you know, they're, Justin, and the Justin. city that Judson's Judson, you know, they, you know, they're always everybody they, for a long time. They were a measuring point every year. You knew they were going to be good and, and they were loaded with athletes and we were able to go in there. And I mean, that was an intense game for us. I don't know if for Judson it was, but for us, it was like, I mean, it felt like you're coaching the state championship game. And we, we played our butts off and, and, uh, 
and we ended up beating them, you know, and stuff. And then I think from that point on, it was almost like, hey, here we go. And then we won the New Braunfels tournament the next weekend, and we just started rolling from there. And uh, and, and like I said, we had the, the real bad setback we had was to Brandeis that year. We, I think we got a little too overhyped. Guys got overhyped. It was supposed to be the big battle, and, and we went in there, and, and uh, I'm not going to lie, they clobbered us. I mean, I think that we ended up losing by 18 or 20 to them. And, and, uh, but honestly, that loss might have helped us too. Because I oh, think it got us refocused. Like, on, on, you know, you don't ever want to lose, but it was kind of like, hey, we either show up and we play well every night or people are going to beat us. And, yeah. uh, and not only beat us, but beat us bad. And then we kind of rolled and, you know, and stuff. But, uh, but, yeah, it was a great experience, great for the community. The kids, <laughs> kids were awesome. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a group. But you'll never forget that group of kids or, or what they did and, and, uh, and stuff. And, and uh, the school was great, too, though. The support from the school was, was amazing at the time, too. So we did some cool stuff, man. I mean, it was a good group. And then, like he said, it carried over into the next year. They won 20 games. We got in the playoffs. We actually lost to Steel in the first round. Uh, we didn't have a, we didn't start a kid over six foot tall. We played a different style, but we, I mean, they, they, those kids were tough because they were in that culture with Jordan and them. And so they just battled, you know, and, and uh, we had some young guys like Jordan's group. We had some young guys play. We had two sophomores playing with your group, uh, Levi and, and Stanley, Stanley, you know, too. I mean, we had, and JJ Juarez played in that Clemens game too. We had some young guys playing you know, mixed in with our older guys. So it was, a, it was a neat group and they did carry that on for a few years. So that's, it was good. Nice. Hey, I will tell you though, we went through, we, we did make it through uh, four years with Jordan Burns and he took one charge in four years and it wasn't a charge. It wasn't really a charge, but Heck no, he came up and said, coach, I took a charge. They're like, that was not a charge. And they called it. They called yeah. it. Yeah. They called so, it. But that even went into the coaching aspect of adjustments. Man, I was old school, so you know how I was with our guards. Like, we were going to take charges. We're going to be tough, you know, whatever. And I had a – I remember Coach Bertel having a talk with me uh, one time saying – because I'm like, I can't get the kid to take a charge. And Jordan was so awkward about it anyway, he couldn't even really take it when we practiced him and practiced him. <laughs> I was afraid sometimes when he fell, he's going to hurt himself. So uh, I remember Coach Bertel telling me, look, you gotta, you got to understand that he can do some special things that some kids can't. Sometimes you got to kind of let him go. Yeah, and, and 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 decide. Hey, he may not do this, but he's going to give you this. And so we kind of just left the charge thing alone after a while, and and uh, and things. But then he made that. I don't know if you remember that Stevens game. We we beat Stevens at the end of that year, his senior year, the last regulation game. I think it was triple overtime. Yeah, triple overtime. And he went down on the floor, and he made a play that no kid on our team could have made. He went up, and he ended up blocking a shot that was going to would have would have ended the game for us and he went down chased the kid down a good player and the kid put it up and Jordan went above the rim and blocked it and it would have been a deal where I'd normally been yelling at a kid take a charge and Jordan just blocked the shot so yeah. you kind of <laughs> had to learn to live with it a little bit you know well uh you know talk a little bit about coach uh, you know and uh, Jordan takes off to prep school and he, he has some success and he goes to Colgate and in their second year, his second year there, you know, they, they make the big dance, and he and he plays his butt off in the conference championship in the, of the Patriot League. Um, and he has a heck of a game against Tennessee, who's a who's a heck of a defensive team that year in the NCAA, and uh, just goes off and lights them up. And then and then not only that, he follows up the following year and has an a, an amazing junior season campaign. Uh, just as a as a former coach of his, now how does how does that make you feel inside? Well, it's been awesome to see. Cause just you know, we've always known his goals, and and uh, the amazing thing with him is, is 
since he was the summer between his freshman and sophomore year, he started talking about, I remember having a conversation with his dad, with uh, Eroy, and he, he, he said, coach, you, you think he could really go D1? And I remember telling him, I don't know, you know, because he doesn't pass the eye test. So he's going to have to have all these attributes in there to make it. And, uh, but he was a kid that was just an insistent, he was going to make it. And he, and, and, uh, and so he did it, you know, whatever it took. So for me, it's been, honestly, uh, it's been a deal that actually kind of motivates me. I mean, it's pretty neat to see somebody that can, you'd never suspect that they could do what they've done and just watching him. It just keeps getting better and better and better and better. And, um, and so it's, it's an inspirational thing to me to be able to see kids. And, and I can't tell you how many times I've told stories about him to kids, but look, if you want to believe in it. Look, look what he did. I mean, cause I mean, they mark him at six foot. I, I don't know. I don't know if I give you six foot yet, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you're talking about a, a kid came out of Marshall high school. We weren't, we weren't well known for basketball at that time. Um, you know, he was under recruited. Um, mainly to me because our program just wasn't that good. So we didn't have the reputation. By the time we became good, he was part of that process. So I thought he was underappreciated. Um, you're talking about he wasn't on the – he didn't make the all-super team for the city that year as a senior when, to me, he was one of the top four or five players in the city for sure. And for sure – and, and, and here's the deal. That year we had some great players in the city. But there was no doubt in my mind he was just good. And, like, I used to tell recruiters um, – I believed, always believed because he started later and because of what he had to endure to go through our program where we weren't an established program. He had to be part of what established it. I always told people I thought he was going to be a better college player than a high school player because he was still learning and he was still maturing and all that. And so for me, it's been amazing to watch him, um, to be able to see what he did at the prep school level um, and then to go in as his freshman year. Uh, I'll be honest, you know, and I, I think, Jordan, I think I might have even told you this. I thought he would play as a freshman. And I thought he'd be a contributor. I didn't know going in that he was going to make the impact he made immediately. Um, you know, and, and, but part of it, I hadn't seen him play live in about a year and a half. And it was amazing to see how far he had come and improved and how hard he had worked. And then uh, to see the difference going into a sophomore, because even at the end of his uh, freshman year at Colgate, um, you know, he still was struggling with some maturity things. Like I, I remember, you know, it, but here's the thing. To me, Jordan's college career has paralleled his high school career um, in a lot of the same ways because we weren't very good. And then his junior year, uh, we became pretty good. People forget about when he was a junior. We actually missed the playoffs by one game. So we almost made it. And he was so angry uh, when we didn't make it. And then he worked and worked and worked. And then we just kept going. And then all of a sudden we had that amazing senior year. Well, to me, his his college has, has paralleled it. He went to a program that um, – was kind of trying to rebuild, trying to get something going. He goes in there, he contributes right away. But at the end of his freshman year there, um, they play Bucknell with a chance already to go to the NCAA tournament. And they got beat. And I, and I know, Jordan, you could probably attest this. He didn't handle it very well um, because he wants to compete. And it was his dream to play in this NCAA tournament. And they're right there. And then it didn't work. And he, I think even then, you, you know, you go through those things and you mature. And then to see from that point to him as a sophomore where they got in the big moment and all of a sudden he wasn't phased by it and he just goes off and it was kind of like, okay, we're not going to lose again. I'm going to make sure we don't lose again. And, uh, and you remember coach, Alvarado, we watched it actually with his dad, which 
but you talk about emotional things. I had a big connection with my dad, obviously with, with athletics and sports and to be able to sit there and watch that game. And part of the time I'm watching his dad, watch him on TV and, and how proud he was and, and all that. It was an amazing thing for me to experience um, just as a dad and, and, and with the relationship I had with my father and be able to see all that. Uh, and then you go into, like you said, the, you know, the NCAA tournament, which you remember me and you, we, we were like, we're going. I'd always told Jordan in high school, you play in the NCAA tournament, dude, I'm going. And so you remember like they got in, they got the seed and it's like, oh, it's Columbus, Ohio. And so you and I were like, we're going on a one-way flight to Cincinnati, renting a car, driving up there, seeing the game, driving all the way back to San Antonio. But I'm so glad we went because it was amazing, you know, to watch them. And, and you're so proud to see them rise to the occasion, rise to the moment. Um, but also one of the things I enjoyed watching um, where I say it paralleled his high school careers at the end of the Bucknell game, when they made the NCAA tournament his sophomore year, when that game was done, you know, knowing Jordan's personality and, and, the, and the trust, and, and he's got to know that you believe in him. And that's one thing I will, I, I always tell people, Jordan has, he's, he's built, he has to know you believe in him. Jordan doesn't think you believe in him. He don't put a lot of faith in you or trust in you. But at the end of that Bucknell game, and I know at times he hit heads a little bit with Coach Lango, just like he did with me. But at the end of the Buckdale game, it was awesome for me to watch him. It was like, uh, like watch looking in a mirror. He after they beat Bucknell, him going over and hugging Coach Lango, and it was like, um, okay, we went through all this, and now we're here together, you know, kind of thing. It was pretty cool to see because it just to me it just parallels it so much. Um, and it was awesome, you know. But I will tell you, the thing I'm most proud of with him is. Uh, and I, I don't know if I've even told you, Jordan, the thing I'm most proud of is how he's handled everything. Uh, he got thrown into a huge moment. He rose the occasion. All of a sudden, everybody in the country knows who he is. But the, the big thing is, is how he's handled it. Because, I mean, I remember even when we were driving back at the Tennessee game, you were like, oh, my God, Jordan is trending. Like, as one of the top deals on Twitter and everything. But in his interviews and the way he carries himself, and Jordan, I'm proud of you for that, man. You, you carry yourself very well. And, and uh, I have people tell me all the time, that don't even know you that hear you speak or hear you talk at things. And they're like, man, that kid, he's got a good head on his shoulders and, and, uh, and he gets it. He understands the big picture of everything. And, and uh, I think that's a hard thing um, with kids, but that goes back to that. Isn't, that isn't even us. That's his upbringing, his parents and, and, and the way that he is and, and he's loyal to people and, and that he trusts. And, and I think that's a big, a big part of it, but I've been very proud to see, how well he's handled it, um, how he is, he's the same kid he was. I mean, you know that, Coach. I mean, he comes back, and if you ask him to come talk to your kids, he's going to come talk to the kids. Uh, he was, you know, when I was still at Marshall, if he came back and I asked him, uh, you know, there's a kid at Marshall right now, Good, he was a good middle school player, and I'd say, Jordan, this kid's going to be pretty good. Um, you know, can you, you talk to him for me? And Jordan bring him right up to the gym, and he'd work out with him, and and uh, he would do all those different things, and he gives back, and he stays very humble to where he's from, and and uh, that's what I'm the most proud of him for. And uh, and it's going to carry a long ways, and and uh, you know, with his connections and, and where he goes later on, and how he treats people. I'm appreciative of it as well. I mean, I remember a time even with uh, with with Satello, I said, Josh, you got to get your work done, no, your schoolwork done. I said, you know what? I called Jordan real quick in the office. Said, put him on speakerphone, Jordan. Tell this young man that. Doesn't matter how many points he scores, he's still got to get his work done. And here's Jordan. Man, I just got back from scoring 35 points against Tennessee, and I had an essay due. My teachers act like they don't even know. My professors don't care that I, that I just dropped against, uh, 35 against the best defensive team in the country. They want their essay, 20 pages and all. 
And and Satella was like, what? <laughs> and so Jordan's always been really good about coming back and, and, and helping us out, you know, as well. So I appreciate it. Um, you know, talk, talk to me a little bit, Jordan, about uh, just – your, your next move, you know, I know, I know you just declared for the draft. Now, what are the emotions behind that, you know, considering everything going on with this whole COVID situation? Yeah. I was going to say one thing before I go there is just yeah. with Coach, what Coach O said in interviews and things. It's funny because, like, I feel like this far down the line, I think I wouldn't – I thought I wouldn't still be thinking of stuff like this, but, like, still before every, every interview, I remember Coach O used to be like, all right, remember, it's always we and not me. And even, like, whenever I go into interviews now, like, I always think, like, all right, it's we, not me. We, not me. Like, in every everything that I do, you realize that you have to give the credit where credit's due and also appreciate people who, you know, are, are there for you and are able to put you in the moments to be successful. So I think that, you know, that was big with, with you when I was coming up is just realizing how to talk in interviews and realizing that, that you should always give your team the respect that they deserve because, you know, you, it's not a one-man show ever. So, uh, obviously, Coach, I, I appreciate that. Um, but going to, to, you know, what's on the table right now with declaring everything, it just – I think right now because there's no workouts and things, it still is kind of like it doesn't seem, you know, too big. But I think for me, uh, this is a dream, obviously, you guys know I've had for a while to be – NBA player to, to make it in, into the NBA uh, and be just be a pro. Uh, so I think now that I'm so close to this and, and looking back on all the hard work that I've done and all the hard work I continue to do, um, yeah, it is kind of surreal thinking about it. Like I remember mo moments when I'd run to school, you know, and I, I'd, I'd get there and, and it, in my mind, like every time I ran was like, I wonder how long I can keep this up. You know, like I wonder if this is going to be, can I create a, some type of uh, mode to where this is, if I want to go work out or I want to make sure I'm getting something done, can I instill this within myself to continue to do this? And that's why, you know, I continue to run the school, continue to, to work out in the morning, continue to get on the track and, and run. Um, and all of those things, you know, they create this work ethic in yourself to where even now when I don't feel like working out, it's not hard to do it. Mm -hmm. because it's just who I am and it's how I'm wired and it's how I began to wire myself when I got into to high school. Um, so I think at this moment, now looking back on all of it, it's like I just I feel so blessed that I'm, I'm even at this moment and I'm able to, to see this through, um, whether, you know, whether that's this year or, you know, going back to school for a year. Either way, you know, it's within the next couple years and, I just, you know, I feel blessed I'm able to be in this moment and, and just trying to soak it all in, you know, trying to make sure I'm around my family as much as possible, um, you know, make sure I keep the, the people close that, that are in my circle that I, you know, I really look to for guidance and advice um, and uh, mentorship and, and all those things. Uh, so, you know, I really appreciate the people who I've come, come up with and come to know with, obviously, you two and, you know, my, my guys in AAU and my trainer and the guys at, at Colgate and everything that, that have put so much into me to be able to, to get here. Um, so, yeah, it's just this, the moment that we're in is just, it's just amazing just to even be able to, to declare for the draft and it be something that a lot of people around the nation will respect as like, wow, you know, he, he's entering the draft and it can make sense. Um, 
it's just, yeah, it's just, it's really amazing. Like, it's hard to put into words how, how I feel about it. Uh, just because there's so much that was put in that it's hard to even, like, put it out in, in words of, of how excited I am to, to be at this moment and continue to work towards trying to become an NBA player. So, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. I'm just so blessed to even be in this moment and, and to have you guys within my life. Just, it, it's, you know, it's really a, truly a blessing. Well, I'm proud of you, and I know Coach O is super proud of you as well. And I know Mama and Daddy and, and your whole family is proud of you. Um, you, got a, you got one heck of a support system at home, and I think that goes a long way. Definitely, um, definitely. Your brother should definitely win, like, some type of hype man of the year award. That dude is oh, yeah. at what yeah. he does. Definitely. Definitely. He's going to get a big, you know what I'm saying, whenever I get whatever money I get, you know what I'm saying, my, my brother is going to be right there by my side. So both of them um, so yeah, but but yeah, Jalen definitely, Jalen can definitely promote. He can definitely promote. So he he gonna be on there five times a day, posting, retweeting, commenting, uh, everything. And the thing is, like, people at school sometimes would be like, "Oh, did you ask?" Like my brother, like me and my brother don't talk about those things. You know what I'm saying? Like anything he's ever posted about me, anything like we've never had a conversation about those things. Obviously, because that's that's just my brother. You know, and that's just something he does because he loves me. You know, and and that's something that I'm so appreciative for to have a brother like that that can have the platform he has and also still support, you know, me tremendously. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm so, uh, so blessed to have a, someone like that on my, on my side, you know, to be a part of my team. So I'm, I'm thankful for him. Coach, uh, you know, before we, we finish off, just a couple of your favorite memories that you share with Jordan that come to mind. Well, I mean, we've just had so many. I don't know that I can pick out a, a couple. I mean, I, I've got great memories, you know, having to do with him. You know, like I, I told him after uh, um, their Patriot League thing, my, my dad, uh, he had lung cancer. And Jordan, it was a huge thing for me. I went back, you know, um, over spring break, and I got to watch two of Jordan's games uh, with my mom and dad. And that was an awesome thing because my, my dad, I think um, – he follows Jordan like he's his kid. You know, I mean, he'll call and say, yeah, Jordan had this, and he did this, and he did this. And so they follow him, and they feel connected to him. And, and because of that, you know, it keeps me connected with them and with my dad and my mom in a way, too. And, and so you just look at all the different things he's accomplished and done. I mean, it, 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 uh, it, it's, it's a pretty neat thing. And, and like I said, he's always stayed humble. Um, you know, the run we had at Marshall um, – you know, we, we didn't maybe make it to the state tournament like we had hoped, but at the same time, that'll never be done again. They'll, that'll never have the environment around it the way – it was just a special time with a special group of kids, and, and, and he was one of them and, and, uh, and obviously was, was a leader and a, a huge part of that. It, you know, we don't, we don't do the things that we did there uh, without him. I mean, there's no doubt uh, he was the foundation of it, uh, him along with a couple other kids with the foundation. And, and so – like I said, even even the tough moments we had, to me, are great memories. Like, you know, I, I look back at them now and I laugh, you know, and, and uh, you know, about it. And it's, you know, at the time, man, I wasn't laughing. But, you know, now we look back and, and it's it's just, it was, you know, we had to have those moments to have these other moments. And, and so it was really neat. And I can tell you, you know, um, even things like Jordan's got me to travel. You know, I, you know how I am with, I don't, I don't travel a lot. I don't do a lot of that stuff. And, Man, I, I'm traveling. I've been to Boston three times. I went to Washington D.C. this year, and you know, and all over because I just, you know, I follow him and go try to watch him play when I can. And 
try to plan a trip. And if he goes back next year, uh, if he is at Colgate next year, we already got another trip. I already got another one planned. And this time Jackson, my son's going uh, because he wants to go watch Jordan play, you know? And so I just had to have that talk with him the other day, like, Hey, Jordan may not be back at Colgate, you know? So we'll see. We'll figure something out. But, uh, but just a lot of memories and I'm just proud of him and see where he's at. And, and uh, you know, he's living out every, everybody's dream. I mean, I can't sit there and tell you I didn't have that dream. I grew up thinking, hey, I want to play in the NBA. I want to do all this stuff too. But uh, I can tell you I never put in the time or, or I never had the work ethic to the extent that he has had um, to be there. And I was never the player that, that he was. And so it's been amazing just to, to watch him and, and, and be able to be a part of that journey and see his development and see how good he is. And so I don't know if I can name one, you know, or, or, or two. It's just as a whole. You know, we've got so many different memories. So I will tell you the one thing I always struggled with him was, uh, you know, when he comes back, we just try to go eat with him. But the only dang place this kid ever wants to eat is Chili's. Best place on earth, folks. You know, and so, you know, you try, you know, that's all he wants. Wait, where do you want to eat? We'll go wherever. Chili's. We're going to Chili's. We're going to Chili's. So that guy, man, someday Chili's better. Uh, if he makes it in the NBA, Chili should be back in him. There's your sponsorship right there. Let's be doing Chili's commercials. Exactly. Yeah. Jordan, any uh, any advice you'd give any young student athletes, uh, you know, coming up, maybe uh, facing some some difficulties, or you know, uh, maybe don't quite understand that they have someone who's holding them to high standards and how to work through those type of situations. Any advice you'd want yeah. to give any young student athletes? Yeah, I think um, for me, obviously, I was blessed with this support group. You know, with uh. Obviously, both my parents um, and my brothers here just continuing to push me. But I think the one thing that I had to find out that I had to get on my own and nobody hit me with was the work ethic side of things and just trying to instill um, the work ethic and obviously maturity. You know, you have to at some point want to grow up before you can actually mature. So I think just just realizing that the people who are there, that especially coaches, you know, people who, who you're playing for, uh, realizing that they want the best for you. They're not going to tell you things to ruin your life. That's not, you know, what they're, they're there for. And I think early on I had that kind of like, oh, you know, he does, just doesn't like me or, you know, well, if he didn't like you, you wouldn't be on his team. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to put any time or effort into you as a person, you as an individual, you as a basketball player. So I think any, anywhere that people are putting time towards you uh, shows how much that they care for you. And um, I think knowing that, <laughs> knowing that, uh, I think that's the, the biggest turning point, I think, in a lot of people's careers is <laughs> learning, learning how to build trust in others. I think building the trust that you, you have in your coaches and your teammates around you um, create success. Um, and then obviously the work ethic part, on your own is just figuring out if it's if basketball is something you want to do or whatever it is in life that you you really want to do. You have to realize that it comes with a lot of hard work. Um, you'll never get anything easy. Anything easy isn't worth having. Uh, so I think realizing that as a as a kid that was 16, 17 years old, I was able to push forward and, and get to where I'm at. But at any moment, you know, one decision, one bad decision could change you know your whole life so I think obviously figuring figuring out who your real friends are figuring out who you should be hanging around with 
figuring out that some of your bestest friends shouldn't be people that you're hanging around with all the time. Uh, I think, you know, you guys really taught me that, you know, you can be friends with somebody from afar. You can love people from afar, but if they're not doing what, you know, you're trying to do, uh, then you can't hang around with them. You know, you can't just sit there and, and do everything that, that they're doing. And when people are going to parties and having fun and, and doing all these things that look, you know, in, in the moment, they feel like this is something you have to do, something you have to do with your friends, some, some fun activity that you think you're missing when really it's just a moment in time. You know, it's just one day that you can go without going to a party or you can go without hanging out with somebody that's, you know, doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Um, so I think, you know, obviously that, that's big too, is just your friend group realizing who's for you and who's not, realizing who you can trust and who you can't. I think that's the biggest thing starting to mature and becoming a man. Coach Olandike, what about you to any uh, young coaches or just coaches in general out there that maybe, uh, you know, might be button heads with a young, talented player? Well, I think for me, the, the big thing I tell people is you, you got to understand that there's a, you got to have patience and, and you've got to understand that they are, they're kids just like we were and they're going to make mistakes and they're going to struggle. And, and, uh, just like anything, you, you can't uh, give up on a kid because he makes a poor decision. And, and you honestly, the biggest thing I learned is you can't always take it personal um, because sometimes when they're, when they're doing this stuff, I mean, I know it's cliche, but they could be going through a lot of things and they might just be having a bad day and haven't quite figured out who they are yet. And, uh, and, and so they don't know how they're going to handle it. You know, it's, I mean, I deal with it with my daughter at home right now is 16, you know, and, and there's just days, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out who they are they're trying to develop and, and they're trying to balance it all. And, and there's, it's a lot, especially kids that are really good at, at uh, you know, if you're a really good basketball player, there's a lot of pressures because it, it's a lot of, it's time consuming. You still got to do good in school. You still want to have your social uh, outlets. You, you know, uh, guys want to have girlfriends. I mean, you got so much stuff going on and then you still got to put time to your family and all these, and you, you just haven't, they haven't figured out all their priorities yet and they haven't figured out um, how to put it in a place. And, and I struggled with that a lot when I was, um, you know, coaching really all the way through. Um, and, and, and like I said, Jordan helped me develop a lot of that. They're not always taking it personal. Um, you know, and, and then also understanding that, if you can't build trust with your players and I, and you just did this the other day in a coaching thing with coach Bella and coach Brewer, I was paying attention. I love what they said is if you can't, if your kids don't trust you and you can't get to a place in that relationship, you're, you're going to struggle and, and you're going to have a hard time. So you've got to be able to build that trust and give them opportunities. Um, and when they make mistakes, be able to pull them aside, talk to them and try to keep developing them. And, and, uh, and just wish for the best and hope for it, um, you know, that eventually they'll make some good decisions and, and do well. And, and uh, so that would be my advice to them is just the patience piece and, and to not take things personally, um, you know, and, and just keep working with kids, give them opportunities. I mean, do what teachers do. That's what teachers do, you know, and, and that's what coaching is. It's, it's really just teaching them, preparing them for a sport, but also preparing them for life. And, and so uh, that's what we try to do. And then when you have a kid, you know, like him that does really well, you can, look back and be be like hey I questioned what I was doing when I was doing it but it worked and look how well he's doing because there's there's a lot of times as a coach that you start to question too hey, am I doing the right thing you know maybe I'm being too hard or maybe I'm doing this that but you still got to coach and be who you are and and try to teach through those moments and and uh and I think that's what's important that's what I would tell a young coach uh, today
and then hope when you become a head coach that you have the opportunity. You only get kids like Jordan. Uh, you're lucky if you get one or two of them in your coaching career, um, in all honesty. I mean, you, you don't get kids like that every day that have can do the things that he's done and be determined to do that. And you got to be thankful when you get them, you know. And, and uh, But it's a process. But you look, look back, you only get a – you're going to be lucky if you get one or two kids that, that – can do the things and, and be as dedicated and work as hard as what he did. Uh, you know, so thank you. Folks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, nothing but respect and love for you guys. Um, if you guys ever need anything, obviously you know where, where to find me, but I appreciate y'all taking the time out to talk. And, and I think this could be very helpful for young, young athletes and young coaches alike. And, uh, and that's all I got. I appreciate it, man. I, I love the show you're doing. It's pretty cool. I mean, I'm out of coaching, but I'm still watching. I like hearing the stories from from all the coaches, and uh, you know, and this was awesome getting to talk to Jordan on here with you and going back to the relive the days because, man, that was uh, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago, already probably, right? You're getting old, Jordan. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess yeah. That's kind of yeah. crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate Jordan coming on and, and sharing some stories and uh, and that as well. So I enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Jordan, tell your parents I said hi. Yeah, I will. Thank you, Coach. All right. Let All right. We'll see you guys. Bye. You realize that, that, that they've been yanking our chains this whole time, robbing us blind, these yeah. companies. I mean, God dang. So we're watching all the same channels that we watched already uh, on YouTube TV, but for 50 bucks. Yeah, well, and then what I do is uh, I have antennas on my other TVs. I get all my local stuff. I can watch whatever I want when I want to, like yeah. on the local stations. So, so can, can I pause you really fast? Yeah. Wow. She wants to say hi. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> I'm so mad I wanted to be there, but I had to work. I would have preferred to get interviewed by you. Coach. I am so much cooler than him. Hey, Ms. Burns. Hey, Ms. Burns. So, so Coach, Vanessa wanted me to ask, okay, uh, who was your top assistant that you ever had uh, <laughs> in your program? Not even close. It's hands down, Vanessa Alvarado. Vanessa Alvarado. Right? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yep. <laughs> She's the number one assistant in San Antonio, Texas. I can tell you that right now. Yep, I know. Yep. I know. I, I am 2-0 in Summer League. <laughs> she coached in Summer League uh, last year. She won two games. <laughs> I have a better hey, you might want to put in that the Clemens job just opened. You should apply for that. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, I have to go back to work. All right. Say it's bye, good talking to you. Bye, bye guys. You, um, you have to answer that call, man. Yeah. That gets you a lot of trouble you don't answer that. <laughs>
who was your top assistant that you ever had uh, <laughs> in your program? Not even close. It's hands down Vanessa Alvarado. Vanessa Alvarado. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yep.